This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. As you can see, the more you f*** around, the more you're going to find out. This is the Rubin Report. It's November 21st, 2023, just two days before Thanksgiving. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Share, tap that subscription button, the notification bell, all the doohickeys, do a little something with each one, see what happens. If you want to join us for a post-game show or if you want to submit questions so you can join us on our new call-in show Monday through Thursdays at 1 p.m. People of the Internet, aptly titled People of the Internet because you and I are people of the internet, uh, you can join us, rubinreport.locals.com. And I have to tell you, we have a laser-like focused show for you today. We are going to be diving deep into this big fight between Elon Musk and Media Matters because it is much bigger than some rich dude and some crazy leftist nonprofit organization. It is much more about my ability to talk to you, you guys, and your ability to share videos and stories and thoughts with your friends and family online, and how there are organizations that have been set up, mostly lefty, nonprofit organizations that have been set up to silence us, to make sure some voices can't be heard, to elevate some of the bad voices, to make sure that certain things that actually are true cannot get out there, and then you'll wonder why we're in such a wacky situation where everybody seems to have broken brains and nobody knows what's really going on there. Of course, we're gonna connect that to some of the other things going on in the mainstream media, like MSA, MSNBC bringing on a guest who called for the elimination of Donald Trump, which some might say if that went the other way, there'd be a problem, uh, and a whole bunch more. Before we get to that, let me talk to you guys about my Patriot Supply. Guys, it's clear the unthinkables here. Our most trusted institutions now deceive us boldly every day. Perfect ad for today. Something's clearly wrong and it's time to, uh, and time is short to become more self-reliant and secure the future for your family. Act today with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, the country's largest preparedness company, is more than equipped to stock your shelves. Their best-selling three-month emergency food kit provides delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. These kits provide over 2,000 calories every day and are simple to prepare. Just add water and heat, then eat. Make sure every member of your family has a three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. You can go right now to preparewithrubin.com. Order by 3 p.m. and your food kit ships fast on the same day with free shipping. It's best to have emergency food and not need it than to need it and not have it. That's preparewithrubin.com, preparewithrubin.com. And now back to me. Okay, so before we dive into the big thing, and I'm telling you this is the big thing. I know that there's a lot going on in the world right now. There's a lot going on in America. There's a lot going on in the Middle East. There's a lot going on in Europe. The, the planet is a little wackadoodle at the moment, uh, but our ability to talk about how wackadoodle it is is obviously being somewhat controlled right now by the powers that be as it pertains to big tech and its connection 
uh, to the government. But before we dive into that, I wanna, I wanna kinda ease our way into it uh, by talking about the televised mental institution known as MSNBC and uh, the Democrats, because there was a congressman from New York, his name's Dan Goldman, uh, and he was on Jen Psaki's show. Now, of course, Jen Psaki, who used to work for Joe Biden as his press secretary, so she was paid to lie, although I have to say after a year and a half of Corinne Jean-Pierre, the old days with Jen Psaki seem pretty good right now, but anyway, she was paid to lie by the administration. She was unbelievably horrible at her job, which is why we did so many clips about her, and not just us, obviously. Then she leaves her job to become a news anchor, right? A journalist somehow. We're supposed to believe this woman's a journalist at a televised mental institution known as MSNBC. And here she is interviewing a Democrat congressman. And you tell me uh, if you think his language here as it relates to former President Donald Trump is a bit over the top. Also turn to Trump, of course, and just some of what the reporting has been around uh, some of his conversations. Also, as we anticipate a year full of trials next year, so there's been so much speculation, contemplation, discussion of what Trump wanted to do, what he knew or didn't know. I mean, do you think, as a prosecutor, from <clears throat> prosecutor, this is something that could be useful in the case against Trump? How will it be used? Yeah, well, I mean, look, he says uh, I would be well received because he knows that the people who were there are his supporters who he riled up and incited to invade and riot at the Capitol and try to disrupt the proper counting of the Electoral College votes. So every time he talks, he's uh, putting himself into a bigger criminal hole. Uh, but the, but his, that's not his objective. His objective mm. is purely political at this point. Uh, politics don't work in a courtroom, as I think he's finding out in the mm. New York Attorney General case in New York, a civil case, and, and that's going to continue in his criminal trials. But his rhetoric is really getting dangerous, more and more dangerous. And we saw what happened on January 6th when he uses inflammatory rhetoric now, and his recent True Social post uh, is incredibly, incredibly scary for anyone uh, that might be trying to op work in government. And um, it is just uh, unquestionable questionable at this point that that man cannot see public office again. He is not only unfit, he is destructive to our democracy, uh, and he has to be, uh, he has to be eliminated. Did, did I hear that last part right? Because there was a lot of talking before that, and I kind of fell asleep for a minute. But did, did he say that the uh, former president of the United States has to be eliminated? That, that seems a bit over the top. Uh, the same man who just 20 seconds before that said that his, meaning Donald Trump's rhetoric, uh, is getting more and more dangerous, then called for Donald Trump to be eliminated on MSNBC on a show hosted by the former uh, press secretary for the current president who has dementia and everyone knows it and who also coordinated with the government to silence people uh, during the election and during COVID and a whole bunch more. Uh, I know that irony is dead and I know that, you know, comparing and contrasting the sides sort of seems silly at points, uh, but try to imagine if on Fox News last night there was a congressman, a Republican congressman who said that Joe Biden had to be eliminated. Do you think there would be a bit of an uproar today? Do you think that would be the main story everywhere? You think, you think? But why the harsh words? Why would Mr. Goldman over there be so upset about Donald Trump and want to eliminate him? 
Uh, well, I'm starting to think it's because that the left can't compete if there's an even playing field, if social media is equal, if mainstream media is equal, if our ability to communicate with each other is not hampered and manipulated by these people, then their ideas often fall flat, which is why they're always calling to silence people and calling everyone else a Nazi and a bigot and everything else. And actually now we are seeing some statistical evidence of the trouble that they are in. Uh, because yes, Trump is beating Biden in a bunch of polls. I always say you have to take polls with a grain of salt, uh, but look what's being reported even in mainstream media now. Here it is. Wow. Donald Trump we have at 46%, Biden, 44. And this is significant because this is the first time in the history of our poll that former President Trump beats President Biden still within the margin of error, but still significant. Yeah, it's 2019, 2020, when Trump was president, he trailed all of them. This year, he's trailed all of them in our poll. First time in more than a dozen polls, we've seen a result like this. I like how they get that little dorky guy with his mustard pants that like, does he have any other outfit that guy? And he gets up there and oh my God, the numbers. Now look, first of all, if you're Donald Trump and you're seeing those numbers, I know you're related, but on the other hand, if you also believe that they stole the election from you last time, like two points, I don't know if it means that much, but the greater point here is that's on Meet the Press. That wasn't MSNBC, that's NBC's Sunday Meet the Press. The fact that they are now showing those polls means they cannot deny the fact that Biden's a struggling and it's starting to kind of feel cool again to support Donald Trump, right? Like that's clearly what's happening here. And it might also be a signal that the corporate press is now trying, as they've been trying to do for a couple months, I would say, uh, trying to figure out a way to give Biden the boot because obviously no one thinks he's up to the job. Uh, but if you don't believe me on any of this stuff, if you don't believe me when it comes to, wait a minute, Dave, surely, the government couldn't have been coordinating with big tech to silence people. Surely they wouldn't have done that sort of thing. It's the government and the government's good. Well, the question is, do we have evidence? Do we have evidence that they have been silencing you, that they have been coordinating with big tech to make sure that you couldn't say what you wanna say? Uh, well, yeah, because that very Jen Psaki, you remember this one, this is from about two years ago, and she was very, very upset at the time that people were sharing misinformation about COVID. There were some people like Dave Rubin who said that, you know, I don't know if the uh, vaccines work and I think mandates are coming and I don't know that wearing a mask does anything. Uh, and Jen Psaki, who worked at the uh, White House at the time, well, here she is about what she felt should happen if you're banned on one social media platform. Uh, providing uh, for, for Facebook or other platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Obviously, this is an old clip, but you will see why I'm connecting the dots for you on this thing. First off, just the premise, the very premise of that, the idea that because one, because you got banned on Instagram, for whatever reason you got banned on Instagram, that you should also be banned on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter is, is just completely bananas. But also, what right does the government have to tell these companies, whether they're public or private, oh, you were banned there, so make sure it's across the board banning. Like it has absolutely nothing to do with the government unless, call me crazy guys, I think I'm onto something here, unless the government, I'll say this one out, it's 
your people. What was that like? Is that to me that was the most bizarre was the Twitter files when you let Schellenberger yeah. and Matt Taibbi and all those guys get in the Twitter and the, the response where Matt Taibbi gets audited. I mean, which is just wild. I mean, it's just so blatant and so in your face. Yeah, it's weird. No, I, I mean, the degree, yeah, the, the degree to which and, and by, by the way, Jack didn't really know know this, but the degree to which Twitter was simply. Um, an arm of the government was not well understood by the public, and uh, it it was there was no it was whatever the official government. I mean, it was like Pravda, basically. Um, you know, it's a state publication is the way to think of old Twitter. It was a state publication. And was the justification from their perspective that they are progressive liberals, they have the right intentions, it's important that they stay in power, the progressive liberals stay in government and power because this is the this is their there, there was there was uh, basically oppression of um, any any views that would even I would say be considered middle of the road um, but certainly anything on the the right I'm not talking about like like far right, I'm just talking mildly right. The people like Republicans were suppressed at ten times the rate of Democrats. Um, now that's because uh, old Twitter was fundamentally controlled by the far left. It was like completely controlled by the, the the far left. By the way, guys, we now know from just a couple of weeks ago when Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, released all of those files that now they have tons of emails and other evidence showing that the government absolutely was directing Twitter and some of the other social media platforms to silence people, including me. I My name was on the list of the freaking thing. So I want to jump back to one other thing before we catch up to uh, to yesterday and what Elon is doing right now, because I'm sure some of you remember this, many of you remember this, I'm sure. Uh, about a year ago, I got a call from somebody at Twitter and they were like, Elon would like to see you today. And I had to pull a gajillion strings and I somehow was able to get on a plane to show up to, to Twitter headquarters at literally, I think I got there at about 12.30 a.m. where he was still taking meetings and everything else. Uh, and I put out a Twitter thread after, after spending a couple hours with him over the course of two days, explaining what I saw there. And I just wanna read you a short portion of that because it's directly related to what's going on, right? now. Spent last two days at Twitter in San Francisco talking to engineers, product managers, and yes, Elon Musk. Learned a ton about what's going on. Before I share, I want to note that after a couple hour meeting, I asked Elon what I could share, and he said, quote, anything that's true. I met with several engineers who were doing a deep dive on why my account and so many others seem to be absolutely crushed after that two or three week return to normalcy when Elon first took over. They still have more questions than answers, but they did learn a bunch of stuff. Accounts aren't just hit with labels that are obvious to insiders. They now found more secret labels, which are causing shadow bans. My account was hit with all three, recent abuse strike, recent misinformation strike, recent suspension strike. So I mentioned that, guys, just to, to add a little color that I have seen under the hood of how some of this stuff uh, operated. I sat in a room with a bunch of programmers who all brought in their laptops and I saw the, the inside of Twitter and how they could put strikes and how they were literally going through the code and finding things that were not obvious to them and everything else. And again, if you're not on Twitter, as I always say, God bless you, and you shouldn't be on there, it's fine, it's a massive time suck and everything else, 
but we do need some tech companies to be out there uh, enabling us to communicate with each other, right? Most of you are watching this on YouTube right now. I could be taken off YouTube like that. I can't be taken off Rumble like that, so I hope that more of you, and I know more and more of you are watching on Rumble, which is just great, and watching on Locals, of course. I wanna just read two other headlines related to all of this, uh, both from the Daily Wire, just in terms of what the government's been up to when it comes to Twitter specifically. Twitter files part three. Twitter worked in coordination with US government to censor content during 2020 election. Of course, we all know that. That's related to Hunter Biden's laptop, which Twitter would not allow you to share. And then another one, uh, new Twitter files show FBI paid Twitter millions, influenced execs to censor Hunter Biden laptop story. Okay, so what is going on here? Why am I doing all this old backstory stuff? Well, Elon has just about had it from being attacked, not only actually by the government, but also these left-wing organizations that are constantly going after him. I wanna give you just one other uh, sort of subtext on this in terms of the growth of Twitter. This is from uh, an account, Demand Sage. Twitter's year over monetizable monthly active users from 2017 to today. And now I think you'll see why they're going at him so hard right now. 2017, they had 115 million users. 2018, 126. 2019, 152. 2020, 192 million. 2021, 229 million. Uh, 2022, uh, 20, sorry. Uh, well, then we'll jump to 2023. 528.3 million. And the projection for 2028 is 600 52.8, so you can see this absolutely massive growth right around when Elon got Twitter. So now I get you to what's going on today because Media Matters, which is a far left activist organization that has gone after me, it's gone after Ben Shapiro, it's gone after Jordan Peters, and it's gone after all the good guys for years. It's tried to deplatform people and make sure people couldn't get their voices out and everything else. Now they're going hardcore on Elon Musk, so we've got some info from the Daily Wire. Ex-owner Elon Musk said on Saturday that he would be filing a lawsuit against leftist outlet Media Matters for America over a story it ran this week that said he was misleading and intended to undermine free speech. The, the Media Matters story at the center of the suit was published on Thursday and claimed that X was placing ads for major corporations alongside Nazi-related content. In the aftermath of the story, multiple corporations said that they would be pulling advertising from X, including Apple and IBM. A press release from Musk said that the Media Matters story completely misrepresented the user experience on X in another attempt to undermine freedom of speech and mislead advertisers. Musk said that X was committed to free speech on the platform, even objectionable speech, and that people had the right to decide what to read or watch. Despite our clear and consistent position, X has seen a number of attacks from activist groups like Media Matters and legacy media outlets who seek to undermine freedom of expression on our platform because they perceive it as a threat to their ideological narrative and those of their financial supporters, the release said. Musk said that Media Matters created a contrived experience by using an alternate account to curate what posts appeared on the timeline. Once they curated their feed, they repeatedly refreshed the timelines to find a rare instance of ads serving next to the content they chose to follow, Musk said. He said that X logs indicated that of the 5.5 billion ad impressions for the day, Media Matters pulled its research from that less than 50 were served alongside content highlighted by Media Matters. For one brand showcased in the article, two of its ads 
served adjacent to two posts three times, and that ad was only seen in that setting by one user, the author of the Media Matters article, Musk said. So to be very clear here, guys, because I know it's a little, uh, it's a little insider baseball kind of stuff. Basically, Media Matters was creating fake accounts, curating the feed so that it would appear that ads from these companies were showing up next to Nazi adjacent content created by Media Matters in the first place. That is not to say there aren't mean people on Twitter. There are mean people on Twitter. People say unbelievably horrible things to me all day long. I can mute them or block them or get this one. I don't have to look at my phone all day. I don't have to look at responses. It's really just wild. I could talk to real people. Connor, you wanna talk later? We'll just shoot the shit. You could do that with other humans. That's pretty good too. But anyway, from this absolutely fraudulent nonsense, that Media Matters is putting out there. And it's and if, if you've watched the show over the last couple of years, it's fairly obvious why they want to take Elon Musk out. And it's not because he's an anti-Semite or anything else, right? It's because he's allowing other people to speak and he's, he's opening that Overton window up just a bit more than the very narrow way these progressive authoritarian lunatics would like it to be opened. So from Mashable, here's a couple of the companies that have now canceled ads on Twitter. Apple, Comcast, NBC, Universal, Disney, European Union, IBM, Lionsgate Entertainment, Paramount Global, and Warner Brothers Discovery. I mean, these are major, major companies. So what actually is going on here? Well, Joe Benarock, who's the head of business operations at X, he tweeted this out to explain a bit more about how Media Matters is manipulating the system to get giant companies to take their money out of Twitter. Media Matters created three accounts and followed 30 accounts similar to the one in the article. They then consistently refreshed the timeline of post, posts 13 times the number of ads served to this user as opposed to the median. 50 impressions served against the content in the article out of 5.5 billion served the whole day points to the fact of how efficiently our model avoids content for ad advertisers. Data wins over allegations. Uh, and just one more on the Twitter side. This is from the new Twitter CEO, uh, Linda Yaccarino, who have, a lot of people had concerns about. She wrote, if you know me, you know I'm committed to truth and fairness. Here's the truth. Not a single authentic user on X saw IBM's, Comcast, or Oracle's ads next to the content in Media Matters article. Only two users saw Apple's ad next to the content, at least one of which was Media Matters. Data wins over manipulation or allegations. Don't be manipulated. Stand with X. So now I want to jump back one more time. Join me in the DeLorean. We're going to fill it up with 1.21 gigawatts of power, flux capacitor, the whole thing. We're going all the way back, all the way back now to May of 2019. Because in May of 2019, uh, this was before I was fully supporting Donald Trump, but I was certainly on my way. I was leaving the left. I was trying to talk to people on other sides of the political aisle and all of that stuff. And I tweeted to Pete Buttigieg, who at that time was running for president, right? This is before he was uh, Secretary of Transportation, unqualified Secretary of Transportation. Uh, I tweeted to Pete Buttigieg's press secretary because I wanted to sit down with him. I had sat down with Andrew Yang. I had sat down with uh, Tulsi Gabbard. I had sat down with a couple of the other Democrat candidates, no problem. Treated everybody as respectfully as I treat everybody else. I tweeted at Pete Buttigieg's press secretary, and then he asked me to contact him. And now I want to show you this from May of 2019. What happened after that? Media Matters, Vox, and now Huffington Post 
are trying to scare Pete Buttigieg away from an interview with me. I treat him with the exact same decent decency and respect. I've treated every single one of my guests. Why is that so scary to them? So again, I'm trying to show you that these people have been up to this for a long time, and it's not just Media Matters. They work through MSNBC. They work through NBC. They work through Vox. They work through Rolling Stone. They work through all of these organizations. So here's this guy. If we can go back to it. This guy, Carlos Maza on Vox. Pete Buttigieg's press secretary reaching out to Dave Rubin. Madness. My, that's sheer madness. And then here's the interesting one. Angelo Caruso, he is the CEO of Media Matters. This is the same guy going after Elon now. He still has the job. He then tweeted at Pete Buttigieg's press secretary and he wrote this. Hi, Chris, if you don't know who Cernovich is and why this is probably not a good look for the mayor, feel free to visit mediamatters.org or just DM me and I'd be happy to share. Now, the reason Cernovich is involved in this is because I, the week before I asked Pete Buttigieg to come on, I had Mike Cernovich on. Mike Cernovich is on the right, Pete Buttigieg was on the left. I was tra- trying to talk to everybody, but Media Matters started using their pressure to make sure that a presidential candidate would not come on my show. One more, this is from a guy, Nathan Bernard, who also is and was at Media Matters. Listen to this one. Dave Rubin, a useful idiot who interviews white nationalists on YouTube, is chatting with serial rapist and Pizzagate propagandist Weird Mike today. This is yet another example of the intellectual dark web platforming streamings in the name of free speech. I have no idea. I've never heard anything about Mike Cernovich being a serial rapist. I don't know what white nationalists I've ever sat with. Oh, and here's another one. This is from Huffington Post, a guy named Andy Campbell. This podcast is starting to look like a bad idea for Buttigieg. Ah, and we got one more. Should we throw another one? No, that's it, right? We'll, we'll leave it at that. The point of all of this The point of all of this is, do you see how they coordinate and they've been doing this for years? So I found that old tweet of mine and I tweeted it at Elon Musk. I said, the CEO going after me back then is the same guy going after Elon now. And Elon saw it, this is just yesterday, and said, they are dirty tricks for hire. So again, I really, I, I hope you understand this. I'm not trying to make this about me. I am just trying to show you guys that all of us and again, I was I was not even a Trump supporter at that point, right? Like what they have tried to do is make sure that anyone who does not bow down to them cannot even talk to other people like Pete Buttigieg, right? It obviously would have been an interesting conversation to have me talk to Pete Buttigieg, obviously. And everyone knows I would have treated him the same way. But they, not only does media matters, put pressure on political campaigns, right? And then of course, Pete Buttigieg never came on the show. They never responded to me. They, they, the guy gave me his email address. We reached out and they just went cold. So Media Matters pressured a presidential candidate to not do my show. It gets proliferated through Huffington Post, through Vox, all of these other things, which are far left organizations that get all kinds of crazy money from George Soros types. Yes, it's true with Vox and a bunch of other people. And then they degrade the ability for us as a society to honestly discuss anything. Anyway, uh, the Media Matters uh, CEO, Angelo Caruson, uh, if I, I think I'm getting his name right, uh, or maybe Carusone, uh, he, the same guy who did not want me, there he is, there he is. Uh, this is uh, him on MSNBC yesterday, continuing to go after Elon and Twitter.
that the platform is so saturated with extremism, with white genocide, with anti-Semitism, with racism, with conspiracy theories, things that otherwise should be managed in some way, that they can't actually protect the few brands that are still willing to remain on the platform. And this has actually been an ongoing thing for the last few months. This is just the latest and actually a string of these instances. So I think the most important thing, though, is that he confirmed that we were right. Oh, so... Media Matters and Angelo, they're very, very concerned about all the hate on Twitter. Now, it's funny because before Elon got Twitter, they weren't worried about that, right? They, there was plenty of hate on Twitter. I used to get a ton of hate from the left when, say, I left the left and I would have progressives telling me to kill myself and that they were going to come kill me and a whole bunch more. They didn't really care about that. But they are making it clear that Elon Musk is enemy number one. And again, why is he enemy number one? Well, it linked back to everything we covered earlier. It links back to that conversation with Joe Rogan, that Twitter before Elon was basically a, 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 an apparatus of the government to silence anyone who did not fall in line with leftist orthodoxy. Media Matters right now has a page devoted to Elon, look at that scare. Oh my God, there's all the pictures of him and he's got X's and his sunglasses. It's all very, he's very scary, scary man. But I thought, let's do a little bit of a deep dive on media matters. These people don't seem to like me. I'm a nice guy. They don't seem to like Elon. He seems okay. What is the deal with media matters? Well, there's a Twitter account, Travis in Flint. He did a bit of a dive on media matters and the creator of media matters. He wrote this, meet David Brock, the founder of the far left group media matters. Brock was an avid conservative in the nineties and even exposed Bill Clinton, which led to a lawsuit against Clinton. Then, like magic, something switched. He immediately became Hillary's biggest, biggest supporter out of nowhere. He went so far in 2001 that he even exposed his source in the Clinton scandal. He was all in on Bill and Hillary. After switching sides, he decided to announce that he had risen above character attacks. Instead, it appears he's decided to attack and destroy anything that goes against the Clintons. In 2004, he founded Media Matters. Since then, it appears the main goal has been nonstop attacks on every one of Clinton's enemies. Some of his employees were complaining in 2016 that the entire company had shifted into Hillary's PR firm. This man wants the world to believe he's a changed man and a good person, but the reality is he's made his career out of completely destroying his enemies. He's met his match now. Elon Musk is going to give him the fame he's always wanted, but not in a good way. I can't wait to see how this lawsuit plays out. Who's ready? for the thermonuclear lawsuits to drop. Now, I cannot speak to the absolute veracity of the claims right there other than to say that David Brock, who was in the Clinton world and now is somehow a big lefty after being a conservative for sure, is the one behind all of this. He put this organization together. So, speaking of thermonuclear drops, here's a tweet from Elon Musk. This is from over the weekend, and yes, it has happened. The split second court opens on Monday. X Corp will be filing a thermonuclear lawsuit against Media Matters and all those who colluded in this fraudulent attack on our company. All right, pretty good. And obviously you're seeing a whole bunch there. Here's a bit of the statement. This week, Media Matters for America posted a story that completely misrepresented the real user experience on X in another attempt to undermine freedom of speech and mislead advertisers. Above everything, including profit, X works to protect the public's right to free speech. But for speech to be truly free, we must also have freedom to see or hear things that some people may consider objectionable. We believe that everyone has the right to make up their own minds about what to read, watch, or listen to, because that's the power of freedom of speech. 
Despite our clear and consistent positions, X has seen a number of attacks from activist groups like Media Matters and legacy media outlets who seek to undermine freedom of expression on our platform because they perceive it as a threat to their ideological narrative and those of their financial supporters. These groups try to use their influence to attack our revenue streams by deceiving advertisers on X. Here are the facts on Media Matters research. To manipulate the public and advertisers, Media Matters created an alternate account and curated the posts and advertising appearing on the account's timeline to misinform advertisers about the placement of their posts. These contrived experiences could be applied to any platform. Once they curated their feed, they repeatedly refreshed their timelines to find a rare instance of ads serving next to the content they chose to follow. Our logs indicate that they forced a scenario resulting in 13 times the number of ads served compared to the median ad served to an X user. Of the 5.5 billion ad impressions on X that day, less than 50 total ad impressions were served against all of the organic content featured in the Media Matters article. For one brand showcased in the article, one of its ads ran adjacent to a post two times, and that ad was seen in that setting by only two users, one of which was the author of the Media Matters article. For another brand showcased in the article, two of its ads served adjacent to two posts three times, and that ad was only seen in that setting by one user, the author of the Media Matters article. We're almost there, guys. Media Matters article also highlights nine posts they believe should not be allowed on X. Upon evaluation, only one of the nine organic posts featured in the article violated our content policy, and we've taken action under it under our freedom of speech, not reach enforcement approach. Here's a summary on all of this. X will protect the public's right to free expression. We will not allow agenda-driven activists or even our own profits to deter our vision. Everyone has a choice on X. Users and brands control, uh, users and brands controls on X are superior to a year ago. Data wins over allegations. Media matters does not reflect the user experience on X. As we've seen in some parts of the world, when free expression is taken away, it is very dangerous and hard to get back. That's why the people who came before us fought so hard to protect. Without freedom of speech, we lose the checks and balances critical to a thriving democracy. We defend our individual rights as if our lives and our flourishing society depend on it. If you're really in on protecting free speech, then we all need to protect it completely. Stand with X in order to protect free speech. Ladies and gentlemen, um, is it obvious to you who the good guys and bad guys are right now? Like it's pretty obvious, right? Like Elon Musk, bought this thing for $44 billion. It is purging money. He is losing every day. He is losing, I don't know what he's losing every day. Like it, it literally could be millions of dollars every day. The code was screwed up. He had activists working there. They had government agents working there. Even right now, I'm fairly certain if you've talked to him, if you talk to him today, he would say he's not exactly sure how many bad actors are still at the company right now. Is it not fairly obvious after COVID, after Hunter Biden laptop, after election stuff, after January 6th, after all of the stuff, isn't it fairly obvious that this guy bought this thing to just make sure a few more of us would be able to see what the truth is and get our ideas out there? Even if you were only to look, if you remove all of the, the specifics that I just mentioned, all those incidences, even if you were only to look at what has happened since October 7th, or the, the horrific incidences, the horrific attacks of October 7th, Twitter was the main place that they were shared, right? Do you, would you have left it up to Facebook or YouTube or elsewhere to make sure that people would have been able to see the, the horrific 
attacks that Hamas perpetrated? No, of course, Twitter allowed for that. That is what this is all about right now. The fight that is happening right now is a fight for us to have any ability to know what is true. It is getting harder and harder. It's getting harder, not only for you guys, it's getting harder for me. We are being manipulated in ways we cannot imagine, but we must go on offense. And that's why I dedicated today's show to this. It is not to say that I agree with Elon Musk on any, everything or he's right about everything. He's going on offense and we have to defend the people who will, who will put their butts on the line. The guy doesn't have to do this. He could get on a rocket today and go to Mars. That's pretty cool. I might join him on that if possible. Uh, but if they are going to relentlessly attack us and relentlessly attack everything that, we, that is held dear to us, then we must attack them back. Uh, and actually that is what's happening uh, right now in Texas. Uh, another tweet from Colin Rugg, just in, just moments after X launched a thermonuclear lawsuit against left-wing media matters, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton announced an investigation into media matters for fraudulent activity. This is what holding the media accountable looks like. The office of the Attorney General is opening an investigation into media matters for potential fraudulent activity. The letter said, we are examining the issue closely to ensure that the public has not been deceived by the schemes of radical left-wing organizations who would like nothing more than to limit freedom by reducing participation in the public square, Attorney General Paxton said. This is big, this is big. And you know what happens? When somebody starts being brave, right? We talk about this all the time. When somebody starts being brave, other start, people start being brave. Cause you see, oh my God, that guy said something and it's right and it's true. And yeah, some mean people said some mean things about him, but he's still standing there. So maybe I should get on, in on this. And I'm very proud to say uh, that Rumble is getting in on this. So Chris, Pavlovsky, who is my friend and obviously the CEO of Rumble, said, uh, he retweeted Elon when it, uh, regarding the, the lawsuit, and he said, when I said the cavalry is coming, I was not joking. In the coming days, we are going thermonuclear as well. Everyone is about to witness the greatest pushback against the censorship regime. The people's support for all organizations in this mission is critical. Uh, one more from Chris Pavlovsky, because he's feeling it right now. And I can tell you, and having known Chris for quite some time right now, uh, he doesn't burn very hot. You gotta push this guy uh, to really go hot, and he really has one more from him. The tide has turned offense only from now on. So yes, X is in on this pushback. Rumble is in on it, which means Locals is in on it, and we are gonna, we are gonna push and fight as hard as we can. And all we need are other good people to offer defense and occasionally go on offense when they can. I wanna show you one more uh, throwback, I think we've shown this to you once or twice, of Elon talking about why he bought Twitter in the first place. And do you think that maybe this is connected to everything that we're talking about today? What was it ultimately that led you to make the decision to do it? I mean, this is going to sound uh, somewhat melodramatic, but I was worried about that, that it was having a corrosive effect on civilization, uh, that it was uh, just having a bad, a bad impact. Um, and um, I think part of it is that it's, it's, where, it's where it was located, which is, uh, you know, downtown San Francisco. Um, 
And while I, I think San Francisco is a beautiful city and, and we should really fight hard to um, kind of right the ship of San Francisco, if you've walked around downtown San Francisco, right near the ex-FKA Twitter headquarters, it's a zombie apocalypse. I mean, it's rough. Have you, have you been, been in that area? Not lately. No. Yeah. I've heard. It's crazy. I've heard it's crazy. I've heard you, you really can't believe it until you actually go there. You can't believe it until you go there. So now you have to say, well, what philosophy led to that outcome? And that philosophy was being piped to earth. So, um, you know, a philosophy that would be ordinarily quite niche and geographically constrained so that that sort of the fallout uh, area would be limited. Um, was effectively given an information a weapon, um, a tech, uh, inf- information technology weapon to propagate uh, what is essentially a mind virus to the rest of Earth. Um, and the outcome of that mind virus is very clear if you walk around the streets of downtown San Francisco. It is the end of civilization. That's Elon at his best. Right, like listen to how calmly and cleanly he is explaining what's going on there and how he's connecting what he was seeing on the streets of San Francisco. And I can vouch for that personally because I stood up in his corner office up there with windows going both ways with Elon looking down and he was talking about where they get the drugs, where they do the drugs, that's where they're all beating the crap out of each other and all of that stuff. But what he's saying is, that this niche ideology, meaning the collectivist ideology, what we now all know as, as wokeism, which is really just collectivism with a dash of racism and a dash of gender confusion and all of that, it was, it's a niche ideology that would have been left in certain geographic places throughout time, right? Like there would have been little pockets of it here and there, but it was weaponized by big tech and then the government. And then through algorithmic tricks, it was pushed everywhere which leads us to exactly where we are at the moment. But, as you know, good people find a way to get out of this madness. So as we covered yesterday, there is a new president in Argentina, Javier Malay. He is now the president of Argentina because they have had massive government growth, complete devaluation of their currency. They have had a creeping socialism for a long time, craziness with gender stuff and all of the woke stuff and he has come in to absolutely obliterate it and listen to him uh, talking about why you must fight the socialists and the wokesters and the people who want that ever encroaching government, which is directly connected to what Elon just said. Donald Trump is running for president again in the United States, as you know. What advice would you give him? Que continue con su lucha en contra del socialismo porque es uno de los pocos que entendió cabalmente que la pelea es contra el socialismo, que la pelea es contra los estatistas y comprendió perfectamente que la generación de riqueza proviene del sector privado. Es decir, el Estado no crea riqueza, el Estado la destruye. El Estado no puede dar nada porque no produce nada y cuando lo quiere hacer además lo hace mal. Entonces me parece que si yo, desde mi pequeño lugar lo, lo único que podría decirle es que redoble los esfuerzos en la misma dirección de defender las ideas de la libertad y de no darle tregua ni un solo 
segundo a los socialistas. You get it? You get it? So the people of San Francisco, the people of California, they let it in. They let it spread. They didn't fight. Most of the people elected the very people who ushered it all in. Argentina, after 20 years of this nonsense, is pushing back. Donald Trump was pushing back. There are pockets, places like Florida, that are pushing back. You should be pushing back. And might I suggest that we all go a bit more on offense. That has been the Rubin Report program for today. Uh, in about uh, hour 15, we'll be live, uh, people of the internet. As always, if you want to join us, rubinreport.locals.com. If you want to call in and talk to me, and uh, we leave you. Vince Javier is doing it. He's really feeling it right now. We leave you with a little uh, Javier and post-game show coming up in about 30 seconds. Ciao. Zurdos, hijos de puta, tiemblen. La libertad avanza. ¡Viva la libertad, carajo! ¡Vamos! Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.